0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April 17th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. The IRS possesses enormous power, exists solely to extract resources from the productive sector, and is in serious need of reform. Cato adjunct scholar Joe Bishop Henchman details some of the recommendations from his new Cato paper on IRS reform. Give us a sense of just the vast powers of the IRS. You know, this is an agency with which uh, virtually every working American and probably most non-working Americans have some interaction with in their lives. Uh, And this is an agency that exists to extract resources from the productive sector of the economy.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody listening needs me to tell them how powerful the IRS is and what they can do to you if you cross them. And, you know, I do a lot of uh, helping people that come to me because they've gotten the letter in the mail with the little logo in the upper left there and the nice use of bold red font on the letter itself saying, uh, we think you were wrong. Uh, You can go ahead and send us a letter within 30 days convincing us otherwise, but other, you know, if you're not going to do that, then just send it in. And... Uh, it's very effective at getting people to send it in because they know if they don't, down the line are wage garnishments and and seizures and and prison and and all the awesome, awesome in the, you know, the real sense of the word uh, power of the federal government to use in enforcing its tax policy.
0: Now, uh, and that's to say nothing of the credibility that the advi- of the advice that. Uh, the IRS regularly hands out to taxpayers regarding how to how to do the job of filing effectively.
1: Yeah, no, it's a uh, if it wasn't so such a big enormous imposition on everybody, it would be almost funny. Of like, oh, if you want the answer, then call us or mail us, and then they don't open the mail for months, and they don't pick up the phone when you call, and if you do get through to somebody, you get a different person every time, giving you different answers every time. Um, I mean, I just resolved a personal tax dispute, me and my husband, uh, on our 2019 taxes. This is the year 2023. That's how long it took to um, get what really should have been resolved in one phone call. Uh, but we had to go all the way up to the deputy chief counsel of the IRS until they said, oh, yeah, you're right and we're wrong. Uh, did they know that you are a tax attorney? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, some... Uh, the. That particular individual seemed very overwhelmed and busy every time I talked to her. So I don't know how much of her file she had looked at, uh, of my file she had looked at. Um, I am in a class action against the IRS over paid preparer fees and the deposition for that. Uh, So I came in with with my lawyer and they had, I think it was three lawyers on their side of the table and in front of them in a nice little pile, was essentially every piece of paper I'd ever sent to the federal government on anything, um, so you know they had the records then. So, uh, with respect
0: to the IRS, and you talked about the uh, overworked staffers that you have okay. uh, dealt with at the IRS. Joe Biden wanted to fix that. He wanted <laughs> to uh, beef up IRS uh, power to engage in enforcement promising that a a lot of these resources would be devoted to higher earners, people that uh, the Biden administration would like us to believe are uh, playing with the rules for the purposes of minimizing their tax liability. Where does that stand, uh, either as a technical matter or as uh, a matter of sort of maybe the desire of voters to see that
1: sort of thing move forward? Well, they got the money and they're hiring. And this is the You know, I've been living in Washington, D.C. 20 years. This is the second time I've seen this cycle and people have been in this town longer. I think that's the third, the cycle being um, the IRS says, oh, we just don't have what we need to get the job done. And they get not just more resources, but also an expansion of their authority and their enforcement power. And then they exercise it usually against the wrong people. And it creates outrage across the congressional districts, across the land. And and an outraged Congress has a bunch of hearings and then passes uh some bills that tighten up the IRS oversight and and slash their funding. And then the cycle starts all over again. And um, uh, you know, I was hoping we could uh break it this time and not relive this same thing again. Um but, you know, the he got the money last year and, and the main rhetorical avenue that the administration used was uh, rich people aren't paying their fair share. If we supercharge the IRS, we can do it. And it's and you know behind the scenes on Congress, they're pretty skeptical of that. But what sold it to them was the the prospect of free money. You know they want to spend on a lot of different programs in that bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, and uh, this this is a you know quote unquote revenue. Uh, razor, uh, because the IRS says, oh, we'll bring in a lot more money. And so it enabled them to uh, not quite make it break even, but look a lot better than it would have without that that language. So the IRS is hiring right now. So in terms of reforming this agency,
0: because as you say, we see this cycle over and over, uh, which we don't want to see because it seems entirely reactionary on all, on all sides. What are some of the ideas that you've got that would... You know, simplify the process of paying taxes, but also recognize that the people who are caught in the grips of this incredibly powerful federal agency ought to have more recourse than they do.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I, you know, I'm a purist when it comes to the law. I'm a big believer in due process and innocent until proven guilty. And it's all upside down when it comes to the tax code. On uh, the tax code, you are guilty until you prove yourself innocent. Uh, it is very hard to challenge a state tax uh, imposed on you in a neutral forum. And even federally, uh, if you don't pay very close attention or have a very uh, expensive lawyer helping you, uh, you can very easily run afoul of the tax code. And um, probably the biggest thing that drives me crazy is, in dealing with the IRS is just the mindset they have over there. It's not a mindset of, Oh yeah, it's a really complicated system, and I know we don't always we're not always clear in the guidance that we give. So let me help you work through this problem. It's a mindset of everyone they send a letter to is a cheat and is is um, stealing from the government, and that justifies the enormous power of the federal government to be utilized against them. And 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 that's just their view on everybody.
0: So uh, in terms of codifying taxpayer rights, what is that? What what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, um, you don't really have any rights with the IRS. So, like, if you wanted to get a copy of your file or a copy of all of your correspondence with the agency or, you know, God forbid, get an answer in the same time frame that they're demanding an answer from you, because you have to give an answer for, you have to give them an answer in 30 or 60 days, and they'll take six months to get back to you. Being able to access a Neutral forum, so um, you know if you get one of these letters and you send back your defense, it's not like it goes to someone else. It goes to the same person that that flagged your return in the first place and sent you the letter. Uh, They're they're not likely to be convinced. And then if you go up above them, um, there is something called an independent office of tax appeals, but it's a joke. Everybody who knows uh, uh, about the IRS knows that it's just. the same enforcement personnel who take off one hat and put on another hat, and kind of go down the hallway, uh, and oh, and now, now I'm an independent officer. Um, so to really get to a neutral forum, you either have to um, file a lawsuit, uh, pay your tax, and file for a refund. And you know, once you pay a tax to the government, you may it's very unlikely you're ever going to get it back. It's very hard to do that, um, or go to tax court and um, and the IRS. Uh, just lost nine zero in the Supreme Court because they were trying to shut down that avenue. Um, there was somebody who, because uh, you'll get a letter and you'll say, you can file in tax court. It's, it's buried deep in the letter, and it tells you what day you have to file in tax court by. And that's a really important letter not to miss on the deficiency notice if you get that far in an audit or in a collection. Because um, if you miss it, well, what happened here was somebody was literally just one day late. In filing their appeal to tax court, and the IRS fought all the way to the Supreme Court to say, that means we win by default. Um, luckily, the Supreme Court did not buy that 9-0. That's how misguided the IRS legal strategy is now. They're losing 9-0 in the U.S. Supreme Court twice now. Uh, there's another case the year before, um, but uh, You know, you gotta you gotta really keep tabs on these letters because they'll slip stuff in there like that.
0: I was heartened to read because as I was reading through your uh, recommendations, I was heartened to read that you include reforming penalty and interest provisions because I know for a fact that if I underpay taxes and there is interest applied, it will be at a much higher rate than the interest that would be applied while I am waiting for them to send me
1: a refund. Yeah, and they're making money on it right now with inflation the way it is. and, you know, that's not what interest provisions are supposed to be for. Um, and in a lot of bills that taxpayers get, interest and penalties adds up to even more than the original amount owed. And um, it's a big tool the IRS uses in settlement. Oh, we'll waive interest and penalties if you just agree and, and pay the underlying tax. And there's a lot of people who don't owe it, who shouldn't owe it, but take that deal because it makes all the stress and the Situation go away. Ultimately,
0: though, a lot of the problems with the IRS these are these are caused by Congress. They create the tax code. uh, They create all of the uh, various provisions and carve outs and uh, special bennies for their friends. Uh, And yet, uh, members of Congress really enjoy being able to wag their finger at an executive agency whenever it suits them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we and and this kind of getting. a little bit outside my expertise, but I guess I've got a microphone in front of me and I should use it. But a lot of um, elected officials don't view themselves so much as representatives as fixers. Um, oh, my job is to help constituents solve problems that, you know, I'm kind and are kind of, of our own making, um, the elected officials' own making. So, you know, we've passed this gargantuan tax code, which despite the size of it, like raises a lot more questions than it answers over what counts as taxable income, how do you calculate this? There's a lot of provisions that have one or more, you know, two or more reasonable interpretations of what they mean. And that's what generates the millions of, a lot of the millions of tax disputes that we, that we have every year. And uh, the IRS isn't out to solve that. Congress is not out to solve that. So it's it's dumped on the taxpayer. And if they pick wrong, um, that's when they get the letter in the mail.
0: Joe Bishop Henchman is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. His new paper is available now. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.